Good. Well, thank you all for sharing. It's a delight. It's a delight uh, to hear from each of you and to worship the Lord and to hear a faithful testimony. Uh, Would you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you are Lord. You are Messiah. You are good. You are faithful. We love you. With every beat of our heart, with all of our trust, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we raise our worship to you. As we open your word, the Bible, Jesus, we ask that you continue our praise. Open our eyes to scripture and encourage our spirits here today with your Holy Spirit. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Wow. It's hard to follow all of that. Thank you all for sharing. I am just overwhelmed with uh, joy and feeling blessed, and I know that each of you are probably having different emotions and blessings as a result of worship and hearing today. Today, as we continue, we're going to be in, uh, continuing in the May Dreaming series that we started a few weeks ago, and I'm, I have been wrestling with a few passages, and I think each of them can be quite a blessing to us today. Uh, My dream for today, and I want to share this before we jump into the different points and to the different elements, is that we would not restrict our prayers, but that we would biblically and relationally join with others and come alongside Jesus as our Lord. So I want us to dream about relationships with each other, and dream about a closer relationship with Jesus. So sometimes, as we jump in today, life can be scary. There are moments in life when you might feel frightened or alone. There was a little boy who was afraid of the dark. He did not like uh, going outside when it was dark without someone beside him. He was quite scared. And his mother said to his, her son, son, could you get the broom off the back porch, which was in, you know, as a child, that was the darkest place in the whole back area. And, and he said, I, I can't go, Mom. It's too dark. It's scary. And she said, oh, son, it's just on the back porch. Jesus will go with you. He said, Jesus will go with me? And so... He so timidly walked to the sliding door and he opened the door and he said, Jesus, if you're there, could you just hand me the broom? (laughs) Life is scary, am I right? There are moments when we are terrified. I've jumped out of my skin when something scares me and there are moments that get you and you go, whoa, what's going on? And the darkness is surely one of those situations. But today, we understand the value of having someone with us. Isn't it a delight to sing with someone or to be with someone? 
uh, it's always kind of a bummer when you have to go somewhere alone, uh, when you have to do things alone. Maybe you're an extreme introvert and you're like, Keith, I could, I could argue with that. But today, I'm right. So I want us to experience that we are better together. We are better in friendships. We are better when our lives are integrated with others. You are known. They are known. You prefer their story. They prefer yours. You encourage one another. You see, there's a statement that says, friendship doubles your joys and divides your sorrows. It doubles your joys and divides your sorrows. Consider that more deeply today as we consider it's better to be with others. It makes the experience double, doubly good. And your sorrows, they're lesser. They're not as difficult when you're with ones that you care for and love. Well, I wanted to share before I jump into Scripture today that there are two issues in my life that I am growing and experiencing getting better with others. I think we all have room to grow, amen? And, I, and I've been challenged in a couple of ways that <clears throat> I'm not going to go into the, the, deep, the depths of what I'm going through. Um, it's not extremely serious. I don't want you to worry. But what I want you to hear is that I've had two gentlemen that have come into my life who've said they wanted to be intercessors in prayer for me and come alongside me on those issues. And it's two issues that I didn't even really bring up. They said they wanted to share the burden with me. What a delight. And as I'm learning and experiencing the Lord's favor and blessing in this way, it is such a blessing for someone to say, I want to share the load. It's also a blessing to know that they've listened, they care deeply about you, and they don't want you to go through it alone. So that's where I'm at. And so I'm learning this alongside of teaching this this morning. We are better when we do this together. There's a silly example that I'll use has anybody ever moved heavy furniture around the house by yourself? Has anybody else done this? And, you know, you kind of regret it when you started to tip the item and you realize it's not going well. <clears throat> I've made this mistake so many times. I don't know why I do it, but there's something in my, my man brain that thinks I could move that. And I don't know why, but I don't always take the items off the top or you know, the things that are fragile inside. And I think I can just awkwardly, you know, whatever the item is, it's like I'm in a strongman competition. And like my wife's going to be proud of me that I didn't break everything as I moved it five feet. But has anybody else moved a couch with a friend? Has anybody else done this experience? There are good couch movers, am I right? And there are not so good of couch movers. Has anybody ever gotten into that situation? You think... They know how to move a couch, but they think opposite of you. And you get to move in that couch, and you try to do the wiggle, and they do the other waggle. And you think you don't need to say things, but then you, one of you thinks you need to lead, and the other thinks they need to lead, and before you know it, cushions are everywhere. Because I don't take the cushions off. Why would you take them off? That's just silliness. Maybe I'm the bad mover. I think that... <laughs> so if you're moving, I've just declared I'm probably not the best helper. No, I'm decent at it, but... 
Isn't it funny that we, there's those nonverbal cues, you think you know how to do it, but when you do it with someone who does agree with you and moves with you, it's like an ebb and flow. You don't even have to talk about it. It twists together, it moves together. You do every bit of it together, and it feels almost like a dance. It feels like we know what we're doing together. So my hope is today that we will learn how to do life better together that we will communicate, we will live and love each other better. There's a Jewish phrase that says, a man who has no friends is like a left hand bereft of a right hand. We are better together. So the first point that I want us to dream together is that we wouldn't just dream manageable outcomes. I want us to get caught up in how unfathomable God's grace, his power, and his authority are. You see, Christ can do immeasurably more than we can fathom or we can comprehend. Ephesians cries this, or speaks and communicates this way in a number of different times. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever Amen. You see, God is also all-powerful and knowledgeable. Ephesians 1 goes on to say, I'm going back in Ephesians a few uh, chapters, verse 19 of Ephesians 1. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far and above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Could we go to that first slide where the picture of the sand, please? Can we go to that first slide for the picture of the sand? Thank you. Thank you. So as we go there today, I want us to fathom and comprehend how much sand is truly out there. And God, in his goodness, in his might, in his power, created all the sand of the seashore, all the sand in the deserts. And who of us could ever try to count even a handful of sand? And so when I say don't just dream manageable outcomes, this quick parallel for me is our prayers. God God wants us to be in prayer. God wants us to pray huge God-like prayers for God's authority and his fullness and his richness to overflow. He has enough authority. He has enough power. And it doesn't weaken him 
to reveal his glory. He delights in revealing his true nature so that we will be benefited. We will be encouraged to see his power. In Psalm 139, it says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. As I've been asking for each of us to consider sending an email or giving a phone call or, or in some way sharing your may dreaming things with me, whether it be a joy or whether you see God on the move in a certain way, then it's been a delight to read letters and to read emails and to hear from each of you. And, and as I've heard these things, I, I just think, how delightful is it to come alongside each one of you and to know what God is doing in your life? But isn't it more delightful for me to then say, wow, God can hear all of this all the time without limit. He is not limited to email. He's not limited to phone calls. He doesn't have an answering machine. You don't have to send him a text and say, are you busy? He cares for you right now. You could tune out what I'm saying and be talking with the Lord, and he can handle that. You could be saying, Lord, I I need to get away with you. I need to confess some things. You could do that right now. And the Lord can hear your request. Isn't that beautiful? I thought about this silly illustration. If you remember, you guys remember buffet lines? I've kind of forgotten what those look like anymore. But if you remember a buffet, you know when, if, if it's been a while or you're at a place that you really love, does anybody else have the problem where you stack too much on one plate? Does anybody else get in that situation? My dad and I were hilarious about this. I, I, I tried to separate my things. My dad just made like this this thing. He was like trying to create a, a, a big pile. I don't even know what to call it. But he didn't care if anything touched. Like salad dressing could be all over his brownie, and he just didn't care. That's the way my dad is. He just he didn't care. Why get another plate? That's an extra trip. You can burn calories or something. And my dad, is, he's a great guy, but it's just so funny when you consider um, a buffet, you go, even if you get a little bit more than you should, anybody been there? Even if you get a little bit more than you should, it's still really not that much. You know, when God does things, we see in Scripture, when God multiplied the fish, when God multiplied the bread, it just overwhelmed. They had extra. I mean, if I was trying to go through a buffet line for all of you, like if I was your dad, and I had to get all of your food in one trip, can you imagine the fiasco that would be, at best, you're going to get a dinner roll. I mean, that's what you're going to get today. I can't provide for each of you, but God can. So when we imagine that we need to limit our prayers or, or not overwhelm God, pray big prayers. Ask of God to be fruitful in your life, that you would give him the praise and the glory that you would say, Lord, would you give to me so that I can in turn bless others? Would you overwhelm me so that I am overwhelmed and give it away quickly? Would you add to my plate to where I see I have too much? Lord, how can I give? As I consider the second point, biblically and relationally, 
don't go it alone. This is the heartbeat and kind of the core of the message today. Don't do this alone. First and foremost, you need the Lord. The second point there, you need the Lord completely. You shouldn't go it alone. But it's also calling us to relationship with one another. In the read ahead this week, I sent out 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and through 14, but I'm going to reflect on a few of those verses here. So 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He is the source of all comfort. Do we hear this, church? He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So when I ask us to not do this alone in that second, that second point there, that we would be challenged, that we would, as we are comforted by the comforter, that we would in turn comfort others. I would ask, what questions do you need to ask the Lord today? Who do you need to bring into your life that you can be real with and ask those questions to? Who do you need to inform of your strengths and your weaknesses so that others can know how to pray for you Perhaps if you have trouble with you spend too much or you're not a good with accountability or, or perhaps you're a compulsive buyer or, you know, if you were a compulsive buyer, you wouldn't take a, another compulsive buyer and go to Hobby Lobby or Walmart or a plant store. If that's what your struggle is, you don't bring someone who struggles with that. But in the same turn, if you do struggle with something, you need to look for someone who has figured it out, or they're no longer addicted, or they have gotten relief from the Lord, and they are free from that addiction now. So do you have a faithful mentor or one that has conquered this addiction so you can praise God together and see that the Lord is on the move and that he can heal you and that friend can comfort you and come alongside you? Ecclesiastes 4, verses 7 through 12 says, I have observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who thinks hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It's all so meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help them up. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken." So I say, don't go it alone. Find 
an intercessor, someone who has your back. And don't forget, the Lord wants to be a part of that three-braided cord with you. This last part is a challenge and a beautiful one in that it is. It says, keep dreaming like Jesus is the way I've written it. But I want us to keep dreaming alongside like Jesus. You might be thinking, how did Jesus dream? Well, this is going to take some Keith interpretation. So this isn't, we don't have words where it says Jesus dreamed like this. But we do have words that Jesus prayed like this. And I often wonder, how, what did Jesus dream about? <clears throat> Not when he was asleep, but I wonder when he looked out on the crowds, when he looked to the person who was, uh, who was broken and alone, when he saw their soul, what was his dream and aspiration for them when he created them? How did Jesus dream when he created us? That is a mesmerizing thought. But 1 John 2, 6 says, those who say they are in God must walk as Jesus did. So how did Jesus walk? How did he dream? Well, although I don't know how his prayers always went, we do know that he prayed often. We do know that he got alone to pray at times. He would get away from the crowds because he needed to spend time with his father. So I would call us to the same thing. If you're going to come alongside Jesus and dream like Jesus, it's time to get alone with Jesus and really talk to Jesus and ask of Jesus and listen to Jesus. These are all elements of being with and alongside Jesus. If you're going to know the heart of God, you need to spend time with God. If you're going to know what his commands and his instructions are for you, you need to be with God. That's my hope for us, church. That we would be brought together with Christ and that we would recognize our hope is alone in him. Jesus, he prayed that we would do the will of God the Father. He wanted to see people brought into relationship and to know God personally again. You see, our relationship with God was broken and Jesus came so that it could be restored, so that through faith and hope we could be brought into relationship again. Jesus wanted us to have hope in God alone. He knew our, our deepest longings, and he kept nudging people and prompting people and pointing them towards true spiritual fulfillment, which comes in knowing God as your Lord and Savior. The miracles he performed that they wouldn't only glorify God, but they would reveal his glory. And it wouldn't just fix the physical problem, but it would point people to long for the kingdom, to long for eternity. That was the hope of Jesus, that they would long for God's kingdom to come, for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if we are to pray like Jesus, if we are to dream like Jesus, we are to trust we are to obey, we are to listen, we are to care, we are to respond. 2 Corinthians 1, 5 through 7. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort 
through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident as we share our sufferings. We will also share in the comfort God gives. So don't restrict your prayers. Join with others biblically and relationally so that we can come alongside God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and live as Christ lived. Let me pray and then we're going we're gonna to sing one more song here today. Jesus, we love you and we worship you. You are so good. You are so faithful. Draw us into yourself, Lord. Put your arm around us, Lord, so that we know your your touch and your care and your listening ear. Help us today to smile again, to be delighted in your presence again, be overwhelmed by your Holy Spirit. We'd remember to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And pick up somebody else who needs to learn to clap again, to learn to laugh again, to love again. Help us to be that spark of Jesus to our neighbor today. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.